Welcome to Trauma and Pop Culture, a monthly podcast where we seek to make knowledge about trauma accessible to the everyday person through analyzing books, movies, TV shows, and other elements of popular culture through a trauma lens. I'm Katherine Spearing, and I'm a trauma recovery coach. I also have a master's degree in religion and cultures and work with survivors of trauma on a regular basis. A word about popular culture. This could be material from modern times, like a Taylor Swift song, or it could be something really old that has retained its relevance over time, like Shakespeare. On most of the episodes on trauma and pop culture, I'll be bringing other mental health professionals into the conversation, but occasionally it'll just be me. While we will be sharing general information about trauma, we are not diagnosing anyone, which is one of the reasons we'll likely stick to fiction most of the time. Please be advised that every discussion assumes everyone has listened to or read or watched said popular item. Expect spoilers around every corner. Occasionally, we'll record these episodes while drinking or eating, so you'll often hear us discuss our food and beverage choices. Just wanted to give you a heads up. If you have questions about trauma or a show or movie or anything you think would be great to analyze, send it to traumaandpopculture at gmail.com. As I mentioned, I am a trauma recovery coach who also works with clients one-on-one. If you're interested in working with me, you can visit my website, katherinespearing.com slash coaching for more information and use the contact form to reach out. While you're on my website, you can sign up for my monthly mailing list, where I'll send out more tidbits about trauma, what popular culture stories I have found helpful on my own trauma recovery journey, plus a few other things you might enjoy. While the tone of this podcast is mostly lighthearted and fun, we will be discussing trauma. There might be some elements that are activating, especially if you're a trauma survivor. So move slow, take care of yourself. If you find yourself overwhelmed, you can always take a break and come back later. so pretty. I'm not stereotypical Barbie pretty. You're beautiful. It's not just that. I'm not smart enough to be interesting. You're so smart. I can't do brain surgery. I've never flown a plane. I'm not the president. No one at the Supreme Court is me. I'm not good enough for anything. And it's literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful so smart and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough like we have to always be extraordinary but somehow we're always doing it wrong you have to be thin but not too thin and you can never say you want to be thin you have to say you want to be healthy but also you have to be thin you have to have money but you can't ask for money because that's crass You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane, but if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood, but always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget that the system is rigged, so find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old. 
Never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard, it's too contradictory, and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll, just representing a woman, then I don't even know. Okay, I'm making a commitment right now. Something that I am not going to say on this episode. I will not say not all men. And I will not say anything equivalent to or adjacent to that phrase. I'm going to try. It's going to be hard. And the reason why it's going to be hard is because we have been conditioned by the patriarchy to make sure we always say this qualifying statement when we refer to men in general. The people who want us to make that qualifying statement are the people who are too insecure to admit that there is actually something wrong in our society. So I'm not going to say that statement, not all men. We all know that that is true. This is an attempt to address a really genuine problem and the trauma that it causes for both men and women and folks who don't identify as either. Another commitment that I'm making for this episode is that I'm going to try really hard to keep the subject on trauma and the impact of trauma and how it shows up in this context because there are a lot of things that I want to say about this film. And I've been saying those things to my friends and anyone who will listen to me, but that is not the context for this episode. For the most part, I'm going to try and keep us on that subject of trauma. All right. First thing first, I'm going to read a definition of trauma that I think is awesome. This is from the book called Your Brain on Art, applicable to this subject. It's from someone named Resma Menicum. This is their definition of trauma. Bad things happen to us, but they don't necessarily create trauma. When trauma occurs, something shuts down. Trauma is embodied and has two components. The first is being stuck. And the second is having a sense of urgency at the same time. Trauma is anything that happens that is too much, too fast, too soon, or too long that occurred without repair. End quote. Continues by saying, contrary to what many people believe, trauma is not primarily an emotional response. It is a spontaneous protective mechanism used by the body to stop or thwart further or future potential damage. Trauma is not a flaw or a weakness. It is a highly effective tool of safety and survival. End quote. I am going to add a little bit here. Trauma is something that is happening in your body when it perceives a threat. And maybe that threat is not real. But it is typically a result of an actual dangerous situation that caused that trauma to be trapped in your body in the first place. 
It is not a survival response in that the threat is actually real and present and you are responding to that because you are actually in danger. It is your body thinking that you are in danger when maybe you're not and it's an involuntary response. Now, it is possible to have a trauma response at the same time that you are having a survival response, meaning something from the past trauma that is stuck in your body from a past dangerous situation a reaction is happening at the same time that you're in a very present situation and reacting out of survival that can be happening at the same time too which is why someone who maybe never had any experience being abused as a child might respond differently to a situation of abuse in say the workforce but someone who was abused as a child may have a much stronger and a much more visceral reaction to an abuse to an abusive situation in the workplace because their trauma is being activated at the same time that they are having a survival response to an actually present time dangerous situation okay so with Monicum's definition of trauma, that too much, too fast, too soon, or too long situation, you get stuck and that, that reaction stays in your body. I want to talk about how patriarchy might show up for men who believe in patriarchy. Okay, here, here's an example. Someone who believes that they are entitled to something, if they believe that someone is supposed to give them something or owes them something such as respect or allegiance or money and then that person refuses to give it to them it might show up as trauma like they, because they were thwarted in something they believed that they were owed for example if there was a bully guarding a playground and they were charging people money to access the playground and that little bully is saying you owe me money to get on this playground and that little bully believes that they are owed this money for whatever reason they believe people are supposed to pay them money to get on the playground then if someone comes along and says hey you're not supposed to do that this is a public playground anyone can access this playground at any time and no one has to pay you even if that is 100 percent true if the bully believes that they are owed that money, they're going to have something similar to a trauma response and it is going to have some kind of impact on them similar to trauma. Now, say the bully is acting on behalf of another bully who told them that this is what they're supposed to do. Maybe they don't want to be a bully. Maybe they, they don't think they're being a bully. They're just doing what they're told. They're going along with the system. They're accepting this money because that's what they were conditioned to do and they believed that they were supposed to collect the money then someone comes along and says hey newsflash this is actually a public park you can't collect money from people and they realize immediately that they were wrong to collect the money and maybe they give the money back who knows but they immediately recognize oh i'm not supposed to be giving this money and then they experience this guilt over the fact that they stole this money that can even cause potentially a trauma response because of that deep deep grief and awareness 
of what they did and how they treated someone. Now, it doesn't change the fact that it was never okay to charge money in the first place. It can also be true that no playground should ever be charging money for people when it is a public park. All of those things can be true. And yet someone still might come along and say, what's your problem? We've gotten rid of half of the bullies. Why are you still upset? Because half of the playgrounds still have bullies. Can't you be happy with the fact that we've gotten rid of some of the bullies? Can't you be happy with how, how good things are? They used to be so much worse. You used to not be able to go into any playground and be able to go in for free. You still have to pay for every playground you went to. Now you only have to pay for half of the playgrounds that you go to. What's your problem? Why are you still upset? Look at all the good that we have done and how much progress we've made. Why are you still ungrateful? Why are you so ungrateful? Because we've done so much. Look at all the things that you can do. Why are you still focused on the things that you can't do? Well, because it's still wrong that there are some people charging money to access the playground. I think you get the point of my analogy. <laughs> Moving on to talking about Barbie. Here is a potential way that patriarchy impacts men. All right. Patriarchy doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't. It doesn't serve men. It doesn't serve women. And this movie Barbie has been compared to Don't Worry Darling. We have also discussed the film Don't Worry Darling on this podcast. So check out that episode if you enjoy this discussion. Don't Worry Darling has a very similar idea in that men are taking away these women's agency by placing them in a simulation and putting them in this super perfect world where everything works out. And the men are going back to the real world. This is a spoiler. I'm about to spoil Don't Worry Darling if you have not seen it before. So Don't Worry Darling is about this like simulated world where the women have been put under involuntarily by their husbands into this perfect little picturesque 1950s world. The men are aware that it's a simulation and they have to return to the real world every day to work, to pay money, to maintain the simulation. The women are unaware, or most of them are unaware that this is happening. When one of the women, the main, the main character, uh, wakes up or starts to wake up and realizes that it's not her life, she is upset, understandably. And her husband says, why are you so upset? Your life was miserable. You hated your job. And she responds, yes, but it was my life. The problem was not that the man was trying to improve the woman's life. That wasn't the problem. The problem was that the man was making the decision for her and taking away her choice. This is addressed again in the film Barbie. When the patriarchy comes to Barbie land and women are, have their choices removed by being brainwashed, apparently. And the difference between the patriarchy ruling and the Barbies ruling Barbie land, this is a key distinction. One of the fears of folks like incel 
is that if we give women too much freedom, they'll start dominating and oppressing men. What I think is interesting about the Barbie film is that in Barbie land, yes, the Barbies were in charge, but the Barbies weren't trying to dominate and rule over the Kens. They were just indifferent to the Kens. And when the Kens came back, though, and they were inserting patriarchy into the world, they, in order for patriarchy to exist, they had to be dominating something. They had to be conquering something, which is why once they believed that they'd conquered the Barbies, they then turned to conquering one another because that's what they believed they were supposed to do. They believed they were created and existed in order to dominate. And if you think that that's not real, and that messaging is not real and not given to men, it is. I have read the books. I have been at the conferences where men are literally told that it is their job to dominate, to protect, to be in charge. And if they're not dominating something, then they're not real men. So that is a way the patriarchy causes harm to men by creating this belief that they're supposed to be dominating other people in order to be real men. So going back to the analogy of the playground, if they believe that they're supposed to be dominating, someone comes along and tells them, no, you're not supposed to do that. Some are going to have a really bad reaction because they still believe that they're supposed to do that. And others are going to have a reaction because they feel guilty because they just realized, oh, shoot, I'm not doing something that's helpful. I'm actually causing harm. These are just possible reactions and possible expressions of trauma when someone starts to push back on a system that is based on entitlement and folks who believe that they are owed a certain behavior in Barbie land. They believed that the Barbies are supposed to be serving them and they're supposed to be riding horses. And then once they conquer the Barbies, then they turn to conquering each other because that is just what they're supposed to do. How does patriarchy impact women? Well, the clip at the very beginning of America Ferreira's speech about the cognitive dissonance of being a woman, that's a really good expression of the trauma that results from just existing as a woman in the world and basically how your existence is a a threat and b it's so hard to live without feeling like you're always doing something wrong and that you're never ever good enough that will cause trauma in someone that will cause that feeling of i am stuck but then i also need to fix this at the same time It will also be a consistent, chronic experience of too much, too fast, too soon, and too long happening all at the same time. So most women exist in a state of dealing with this trauma of just being a female, of just being a human being who identifies as a female. So feminism is not that women want to dominate men or the world in general. Feminism is that most feminists 
want freedom to live their life and not have to live it in reference to a man at all if they so choose. Most feminism is not about conquering men. It is about equality and women having and women having the freedom to choose. And I feel like that was portrayed really well in Barbie because at the very end some of the Barbies chose to be with men and some of them chose not to. And it was very clear that the point was not whether or not they chose men or not. The point was that they had a choice. And I love that the main character chose not to. Honestly, I really do. And I love that Ken realized that his whole foundation was built on Barbie and getting Barbie to like him, which for extreme versions of patriarchy, it's about getting women to respect them and serve them and be a part of making their vision come true. It relies on women. It needs women to exist. And for Ken to arrive at this place where he is realizing that he is Kenneth, he's enough, that when he realizes he doesn't need to have his identity wrapped up in Barbie, that's when he is set free. And that's when feminism teaches that men and women will be set free when it's not a world that's created for one gender to revolve around the other, but that they have a freedom to choose. They have a freedom to choose. They have freedom to choose. They want to get married or not. They want to be partnered or not. They want to be with a man or not. If they want to have kids, if they want to have kids and work, if they want to have kids and not work, like if the, if the reality and the, the aim is just to have choices. And that my friends is where trauma recovery begins. It's with choice. When you have trauma, you got into a situation or were put into a situation or had a situation happen to you in which you didn't have a choice. Your choices were taken away. Even if it says a, a chronic or a, even if it's an acute trauma situation where like a car accident, like you in that moment of a car hitting you or you hitting another car, you're powerless. This, this really horrible thing is happening and you can't stop it. And, and that is what causes trauma. And so the antidote to that is actually choice, is actually women gaining more and more opportunities to choose and men gaining more and more opportunity to just be themselves and not have to have a life that revolves around dominating someone or they're not real men or fully human beings as men. The antidote is choice here, people. If trauma caused by powerlessness and that too much, too fast, too soon, or too long experience, the antidote is choice and having an option and having, having an ability and an agency to put yourself in a different situation or remove yourself from a bad situation or just have some control over your own recovery process and, and what you do next. So that's all I got for Barbie. Well, it's not all I got for Barbie. It was all I got on the subject of trauma for Barbie. I watched the film twice and I'll probably watch it again. I might not, I might watch it a few times when it comes out. And I have I still have things to think about. But for now, that is the trauma 
and Barbie. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next time.